The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. As you rev up your engines with the start of NASCAR racing season, Podcast One is your pit stop for the best car podcasting around. Team up with Adam Carolla and friends on CarCast as they explore all aspects of the automotive space from car buying to news about the industry. Then drive into motorsport talk with Shift and Steer. Then stop by Spike's Car Radio as comedy writer Spike Ferriston hosts a roundtable with his celebrity friends about all things cars. Download CarCast and Spike's Car Radio every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Mike Renner. It is our draft episode of the week, Mike. So uh, welcome back. Good to be back. I love talking about the draft, you as do. you know. You do. We're putting. Uh, we're we're putting. I'm actually up showing up to work. That's how much I love talking about the draft. I, I know. I don't. And you don't always. Yeah, that's right? true. So. To describe you, Mike, uh, Bill Belichick, I heard a former Bill Belichick player basically say Belichick wants players who are a seven all the time, you know, seven out of 10. You just, you know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. They're consistent. He doesn't like guys. He doesn't like the flashy guys. They're like a nine one week and a two the next week. Okay. So you're, you've got a history of kind of being Browns. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a nine some week. There are some weeks you just, you do a ton of reports. You do a ton of work. This is true. It's really well done. You're good at a lot of things too. You write well. Your Thank camera, you. podcast. I agree. Yeah. And then there's other weeks you just don't show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything's I, late. Yes. Oversleep. I have bad weeks. Maybe you're hungover. I, I, I that's probably what it is. Just to be honest, you skip. You I try to keep things. that from you guys, but yeah, usually it's the yeah. hangovers. You that, leave to go to the Bachelor. You you drive to various places around the country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So great. you're not a Belichick type of player, but when you're good, man, you're good. You're in, you're in a good stretch. Streaky. Yes, very streaky, streaky, which means um, I'm nervous about the next few weeks. Here. <laughs> can you can you maintain it at least through draft season, Mike? That is a good question. All right, so you're our guy for the draft uh, this year. Uh, don't forget, you, know, you and I are going to be doing a draft show on Sirius. Yes. So everybody should tune into that every Friday, Friday night, seven o'clock. I will not be there this week because I'm definitely out this week for the baby. Yeah, Kelly, if you're listening, just have the baby already. We're tired of Steve talking about seven it. Seven straight podcasts waiting to have yeah, my baby just have it um, but it's definitely happening on friday at the latest from what i li- yeah. gathered last last time so um let's get into what we're going to discuss today because mike you did a mock draft i did it's up on the website it's your your second mock draft we're going to go through that 
uh, a little bit later on. I want to go through some of the recent NFL draft news. I think this will be a great way for us to just create a couple topics during draft season. There's always reports coming in, even though we're in early February. February, there's some ridiculous reports that teams already know who they're going to draft in the first yes. round. That feels like it's mm-hmm. not real. Um, there's reports that this you know teams love certain players. This is where I think some uh, salty former NFL GMs might roll in and say, no, they haven't they even had meetings yet. They don't even know. The coaches haven't yeah. even seen the players. Don't, don't say people are moving up boards. The draft boards aren't set, so no one can move up a board. If there's the no board. There's no board. But we'll at least react to some of the news. So let's start with, uh, there, there's, there's news out there that Drew Locke, uh, the quarterback from Missouri, is the Denver Broncos guy, that, that he's their favorite. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there at number 10 in the draft. They need a quarterback. That Drew Locke is their guy, the guy that they want. Yes, I have, and we'll see in my mock draft later, pegged the Broncos, and I think they're the most likely team to try to jump up and draft a quarterback in this draft just because John Elway has, at the quarterback position in Denver, kind of been stuck with afterthoughts, basically, after right. you know T- Peyton Manning retiring, whether it was you know seventh rounder back in uh, the Northwestern quarterback, who I can't even remember his name at the moment, uh, whether it was Paxton Lynch, who was the third quarterback off the board in that draft. Trevor Simeon, Trevor who you were looking that's for. That's yeah. I was looking for. Uh, whether Paxton Lynch, who was the third quarterback off the board in that draft, because they were you know, in the 20s drafting. Whether it was Case Keenum in free agency, because they couldn't you know, get Kirk Cousins. And they were still, every single time he's had to address quarterback after Peyton Manning, it's been not his first choice. This is the one time they're in a position, can go get your first choice here, if they so choose. So I think that you can't look, go into 2019 look your fan base in the eye and say, hey, it's Case Keenum again, you know, let's well, go. So they do have let's to rally make a move. the troops. Yeah, they just have to do something. So let's, let's, let's discuss what they have to deal with here, though. They're sitting at number 10, and the team's sitting above them that have a quarterback need. Uh, you, the first three picks are all locked in. They've got quarterbacks. We always say that the Raiders could go quarterback if they decided to move on from Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. But as far as actual need, you've got the Giants at 6, the Jaguars at 7. Those are the big ones. Uh, sitting ahead of them how much do you think this is 10 is just not this optimum spot and you're like well we're probably not going to get Dwayne Haskins are are they do they create buzz for Drew Locke with hopes that one of those teams above them will get them get him instead Mm -hmm. or do you think they're just like well he's probably the third QB off the board and he's going to be our guy let's let's mesh that (sighs) yeah I don't know what you, it, how it behooves you to, if you're not, you know, to start saying we're connected to Drew Locke or have some sort of reports out there that you like Drew Locke because, uh, like I said, you're the third, like you said, you're, they're the third team in terms of quarterback need there. Right. Uh, does that, do they really not want Drew Locke and want someone else to fall in love with him? Because as we saw last year, everyone had Josh Allen going to the Browns. You don't, none of these reports should actually be, you know, who they actually have number one on their board. They'd be crazy to let everyone know that. So, uh, I don't know how this behooves them to get it to be reported this early on, but right. I, I do think what I know from this is that Drew Locke probably isn't their number one quarterback if this is being reported right now. And then, more importantly, if they do really love Drew Locke, let's explain why they, they're a little wrong. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. okay, well, let's let's add to that. Dr- Dane Brugler uh, of The Athletic, he's their, their draft analyst, and Dane said some quote. I don't want to misquote him, but the quote was essentially, he has the arm and intelligence and off-field, essentially, that teams will love. I think he threw athleticism in there, too. If all the quarterbacks are getting into a car in this draft, Drew Locke is driving. Is that what you're trying to tell me? 
Is, are you making that analogy? That was the Mark Sanchez analogy back when he was getting oh, drafted. Oh, God, that's terrible. If all the quarterbacks are getting into a car. That's terrible. That's, Mark Sanchez is the one who's That's right driving. there with uh, our friend Lance Zerlines. We, we'll uh, get to that later. Your yeah. mom's kid. Oh, yeah, we'll talk Kyle Murray later. Um, so my thing about the Drew Locke thing, let me just, let's just say it like this. I, I keep coming back to if the first thing you say about a quarterback involves his arm with relation to velocity, sure velocity and arm strength, that's a that's a red flag to me. Yes, um, I agree. Also, if you're saying Drew Locke's athleticism is a key, I, I don't so. I don't really think so either. Yeah, that's not one of the strengths I've seen from him in terms of creating, uh, you know, outside structure. It's not somebody I saw the strength from. So what he, he does he does throw a lot of passes off balance. Off platform, which but, is like a bad thing, like right? It's a, but it's but clean it, pockets. That he's but it's times that he's not supposed to be doing yes. that. Um, Drew Locke, I think, is the classic, um, the how often you know how often guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could th- there are plays where he throws off platform, and you're like, wow, incredible arm talent. How did he do that off platform? And then there are plays where it's just a disaster, and he doesn't need to be doing that. He doesn't need to be, uh, you know, throwing without his feet set. Um, so getting caught up on the high-end plays, I think, is the danger, I think, with Drew Locke. Yeah, it always cracks me up when people want to say only a handful of quarterbacks can make that throw. When it's like Ryan Tannehill has made two of probably the most impressive throws over the past like five years that I've ever seen. Oh, he absolutely has. And it's That's like, a great point. Ryan he absolutely Tann- like has. The fact that Ryan Tannehill made two utterly ridiculous throws and you can say, oh, you know, not everyone's made that throw, doesn't really matter because the consistency is what matters. The game-to-game, throw-to-throw... Being able to consistently make just easy throws matters more than this utterly ridiculous throw that maybe no one else could have made. Uh, dude, uh, quarterback play is so much more about consistency, snap for snap, good decision after good decision, accurate pass after accurate pass. Those are your best quarterbacks. Other positions, I think it's more reasonable to get caught up in the high end plays, like maybe free safety. Like, and if you've got this, if you've got this highlight reel of crazy plays at free safety. And you know that it's going to translate. That's probably more valuable. It's more valuable than a highlight reel at quarterback because all the play. There's so many more plays in between where the quarterback needs to be good, mm-hmm. right? You can't yes. just you can't miss a million swing passes and then just hit a 50 yard bomb to offset it. It's just not the, the way the position works. So, uh, buyer beware is is where we are. I think on Drew Lock when it comes to the top ten. I will say with Drew Lock though, I can't in this draft like this. I'm I. Last season, I faulted teams. If you were drafting Josh Allen, I just thought you were wrong. Like, I thought that was just not the place to do it in the high in the draft. Drew Locke, I can see at least that it could happen one day. You know, right. It could one day be there. I don't think he's – I wouldn't feel comfortable at all, and I don't, I'm not going to bet on him ever getting to franchise quarterback level, but I'm not going to say that he's Josh Allen level to me where I just don't see it ever happening. I'm with you. So the, the positives to Drew Locke would be he has improved every year. PFF grade has gotten mm-hmm. better. Um, there are good parts to his game. I mean, I do think he has those special throws in the back. I mean, there is something to being a guy that can at least make big time throws that offsets maybe some inaccuracy. But you just want to see you just want to see more consistency um, on a throw for throw basis with Locke. So Drew Locke to the Broncos is the hot rumor right now. Let's just let's do the other quarterback discussion right now with Kyler okay. Murray. Okay, yes. so Kyler Murray's. Uh, he made his rounds. I think it was what, what the Rich Eisen show and the Dan Patrick show. Is that correct? I think he he went on multiple the shows. Dan at Patrick least. show at least is the one I remember that was just atrocious. Yeah, and he just did not answer any question about the NFL, mm-hmm. the NFL Combine, anything. I 
as of right now, I don't believe he has an NFL agent. All he has is Scott Boris, the well-known mm-hmm. baseball, baseball agent. Yeah. And it um, it wasn't a good look. We don't always look into interview stuff a ton, mm-hmm. but when they're at like extreme ends of the spectrum, they're concerning. How concerning ba- are these well, Kyler basically, Murray interviews? He should not be doing any public sort of PR. Like I think they're having him do PR because oh, that's what you do when you're in the before the draft. You just like want right. to get your brand out there. And it was Super Bowl week, but this is everything. not. Yeah, exactly. But this is not. You shouldn't be building your brand until you actually know what that brand is. Is your brand a quarterback? Or is your brand an outfielder in, in the MLB? You have to make that decision. I don't see it going to actually hurt his draft stock when it's all said and done uh, in the NFL, but. You got to make a decision here at some point. Something's you got to go all in one way or the other because the Hemin and Hahn is just going to turn GMs, scouts off from you. See, I think I think it hurts his draft stock. Now, look, if if a team takes him at five, then it's like all right, he went at five. Mm-hmm. But it, and it only takes one team to draft you. But I do think there are already and it reports. only takes one team to pass on you for you to fall ten more picks. That's true, and so there's already reports that some teams just they're not going to even deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's already reports out there. I would say this is different than, say, last year, Lamar Jackson didn't have an agent, and people thought that he hurt his draft stock because he didn't do appearances, that he mm-hmm. didn't do these things. And, and my thought on that was there's, there's no way that hurt his draft stock. There's no way all 32 teams are sitting there watching. Uh, it's man, almost like good that you don't want a guy. Like some teams will not want a guy who's you know, going to be very public-facing. Yeah, in terms of, yeah. So I don't think last year did anything to harm Lamar Jackson's draft stock because – just having like a positive interview or anything like that wasn't going to change. It's not going to change his film. It's not going to change their private interviews, their workouts, or anything that they had with him. With Kyler Murray, it's different because you actually have a guy that's considering baseball, and he's legitimately considering baseball, and he went out there and did not commit to football. Mm-hmm. That is a massive red flag for an NFL football team where they, their favorite thing is to be like, do you love football, son? Yes. Do you love football? Mm-hmm. Do you love, you know, that's, they ask every single prospect, do you love football? Um, and then they come out and positively say, this guy loves football. We love that. Yeah, Kyler Murray did not what come across as loving well, football. Well, what it's coming out across as is he loves the money, and which, like, obviously everyone loves the money, but he's just seemingly holding MLB hostage in terms of he just wants right. more money than what his slated draft slot was, and then he'll choose baseball. But it's like, again, that's coming off to NFL GMs as, oh, he doesn't love football, and at the most premium position where you have to love football, you have to go above and beyond more than any other position in the NFL in terms of off-field tape study preparation, that sort of thing. I do think this whole, you know, like the hemming and hawing, like I'm saying, the one interview is not going to hurt you. The fact that he shows up to an interview and has no clue uh, what he's going to answer to, are you going to play football or are you going to play baseball? The fact that he sounds like an idiot trying to answer those questions, that's not going to hurt it. But the longer he drags this out is what I think is going to hurt it. I think it's going to instill doubt, man. I think it's going to instill doubt in enough teams yeah. who look at petty things. And I'm not saying this is petty or important or whatever, but they look at petty things to eliminate you. Mm-hmm. Teams don't like to go in with a draft board of 300 guys. They like to go in with a draft board of 75 to 150 guys. Let's focus on these guys. We trust them and all this stuff. And the sooner they can eliminate a guy and say, all right, we don't have to waste our time in the evaluate. Because it takes a ton of time, by the way. You've got 30 visits. Yes. You have to do background checks. You have to, it takes a lot of time. The sooner they can eliminate a guy, I think they want to. Yes. You know? And uh, 
I think a lot of teams are going to just be like, man, this he's not committed. Well, then just information overload. You just can't feasibly keep 300 prospects. Yeah, right. You can't fresh get in the your same. mind. So yes, you are looking to get guys that you just nah, it's not a fit. He's off the board. We don't have to deal with them. We don't have to even commit resources to this anymore. So I can see it. I mean, I don't. I don't know what his timetable is for a decision. I don't know what he's waiting for at this point, but. A decision needs to be made one way or the other, especially if he's going to play football. It needs to be made as soon as possible. Yeah, I I agree there. Uh, From an on-field standpoint, Kyler Murray, we have right now as our number one quarterback in our rankings. He was incredible last year at Oklahoma. Um, We're not as confident in him as as Baker Mayfield. We have one year of very good play from Kyler versus three from Mayfield, and Mayfield was also better um, in the key areas that translate to the NFL. So there's more doubt with Kyler Murray. But when you stack him up against Haskins and Locke and Daniel Jones, yes. whether we're just running our, a model with just numbers or we're doing film evaluation, Kyler Murray's coming out number one for us. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's not even adding in. I mean, that is somewhat adding in, but not completely adding in his rushing ability. Just in terms of pure thrower, he is stacking up with them as well, which that was not the case for Lamar Jackson a season ago. We kept saying with Lamar Jackson, there's a way for him to win. Some really loud thunder out it there. It is Mike. not. Yeah, hopefully you guys can't hear that. But we, we're in like a bomb shelter here or whatever. So yeah. if it's flooding out there, I think we're safe. But I'd like that to know. is very loud. But yeah, um, what we kept saying about Lamar Jackson is it's almost like evaluating a completely different player in terms of you just can't win as a pure passer with him. You're never going to win with a pure passer. It has to be the legs. It has to be that. Right. With Murray, he brings some of that rushing to the table, but also, as pure passer, if you don't want to use his rushing threat at all, he's still in that conversation. It's, it's a great point. It's actually a great, uh, great way to separate our evaluations of Kyler and, mm-hmm. and Lamar, to put it like that. Um, two more quick uh, points. Let's just stick with his teammate real quick. Uh, Marquise Brown yes. from Oklahoma. Uh, I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah reported that he would be the first wide receiver likely first off could be likely something like that first wide receiver off the board okay and, and this is interesting to us because we've been saying that this wide receiver position is wide open it is yes there's the about 10 different guys debated, that yeah. maybe could go in the first round marquise brown i feel like the more i watched him i soured on him a little bit because he you know contested catchability and you know just natural hands and all that stuff but speed does go pretty high in the NFL draft. Speed does go high in the NFL draft. So I would not be surprised, and I think I've said on this podcast before, even this this draft season, the fact that speed's getting more valuable. The fact you know, being able to separate, being able to just run you know, a deep crosser and be wide open because you're running a 4-3 has value in the NFL nowadays more right, so Kelly is than calling. ever. Let's just Uh-oh. see if this is... I'm going to go Let's on see. mute for a second. Carry the pod, Mike. All right, I will keep going on Marquise Brown just because uh, – so the speed gets drafted highly, as we've seen. John Ross, a couple of years ago, ninth overall. Corey Coleman, 15th. Will Fuller, 21st back in 2016. Kevin White, 7th in 2015. Brandon Cooks, 20th, 2014. Tavon Austin, 8th in 2013. NFL covet speed. All those guys had speed. Some of those guys couldn't play wide receiver to give it, to <laughs> save their lives. But all had speed, and it goes highly because teams want that in their offense. I think Marquise Brown has that speed, also has a little more receiving ability than some of those guys. And so it's not crazy to me to think at the end of the day, one team will fall in love because that's all it takes, one team to really covet speed, one team who has Al Davis as an owner, RIP, to then draft him highly. So I do think he could have a, he has a good chance of being the first wide receiver off the board. I wasn't listening, but yeah, good job. Good timing. I'm staying here. We're, okay. we're probably going tomorrow. Tonight okay. or tomorrow is, what ha- is what's happening with the baby. Good job, though. 
Marquise Brown, the speed. Prep for when I have to do the Sierra show tomorrow by myself. Yes, yeah, you do. We'll we'll give you Sam if he can uh, if he can speak. I'd rather go by myself. Well, it's interesting about with Brown with the speed thing because the guys he's competing with, those big bodied receivers, they you know they don't don't, have speed. Right, they don't have the the pure speed. So it's going to be this. You know, what do you want? And are you willing to take these other bigger receivers um, without say like a special trait that high Mm -hmm. in the first round? and I, when I, what I think will happen, my my guess is it kind of just pushes everybody down. Yeah. Similar to, I think there's no real, there's a handful of guys that have all sort of similar traits in terms of a few speed receivers, a few bigger receivers, which means the teams will be willing to just say, hey, we're going to address another position because we think we pass here, we can get similar sort of yeah. talent on the wrap in the second. Yeah, I, I think wide receivers definitely deep. It feels like every year there's some depth there. Um, just because and it's not that every receiver is good. It's just I think it's a tough position to evaluate mm-hmm. and that good receivers inevitably, inevitably do fall to the second and third round. Yes. That's, I think that's how it ends up uh, falling. Every well, it's a tough position to evaluate. You just see, have so many guys with very, very similar numbers uh, and similar athletic, you know, even just testing numbers uh, in college, and there's little to separate them because you don't see – a lot of press man coverage you don't see a lot of things you're going to see in the nfl and so it's difficult to evaluate something you just don't ever never see really do you think that's another position wide receiver not to get down a rabbit hole where if you want to find going back to this highlight reel thing if you want to find a highlight reel on say the top 15 receivers in the nfl and you put them side by side there's it's a pretty good one for all of them we're talking about yeah. our sega white side and Nikhil harry dk metcalf all these guys have incredible plays mm-hmm. but much like quarterback it's are you getting open snap after snap after snap? And there's really not a ton of people just saying, okay, how are you on a snap-to-snap basis simply getting open, being efficient, being good at, at you know running every single route? You don't always get to see them run every route. I mean, how yeah. much of it is just that and focusing on too much on the highlight reel? What can he do rather than how often? Yeah, how often I think is very important. And the details of the wide receiver position, because no one comes into the NFL, like I said, no one comes into the NFL having seen so there's like a big developmental curve at wide receiver that doesn't really get brought up compared to you know other positions like offensive line where you know there's a lot of technical things you need to learn. There's a lot of technical things in terms of getting off press coverage, how to you know sit in zones, yeah. that sort of thing that you need to get better at from college to the pros that aren't necessarily just your athleticism. So I do think there is a uh, there that goes underreported, and people just fall in love with a lot of just raw traits at times. All right, and then uh, the last bit of news is, uh, this is a curious one for me, that uh, I think it's multiple people reporting, including Dane. I think Tony Pauline was in there, too, that Jeffrey Simmons, the interior defensive lineman from Mississippi State, is the Browns guy at number 17. So yeah, I'm sitting mean, here on February 7th. I, I feel like this doesn't even need inside info. This just, that seems like John Dorsey, to pick a guy with off-field concerns who's incredibly talented, who's going to fall in the draft. That's just his M.O. But do you think they're really locked into a player almost <laughs> no. three months before the draft? You can't be. There's no way. He could go fifth. And you're like, no, but the, the report say, yeah. is essentially if he's there at 17, that's okay. their guy. But there's no possible way that you're that comfortable with the entire draft class mm-hmm. that you're locked into that one player here on February 7th. No. Okay. Yeah. I also agree with that. That's no, my zero chance. And, and so, look, I think that would be an excellent pick for the Browns from an on field perspective. 
um, what he brings to the table as an interior disruptor, matching that with their needs, you know, adding him to Larry Ogunjobi and Miles Garrett. I think all of that's great. Yes. But to just be like, that's it. Like, that's our guy at 17. I do think there's a very good chance he falls to 17, though. Oh, I agree. And also agree. that they will take him if he's there. Like, that does make a lot of sense just logically from everything I know. So I can see it. But again, you can't feasibly be locked in. What if, you know, Josh Allen uh, has a video of him ripping a bong on draft night and he falls all the way to you? Like, you draft probably Josh Allen then. So it's yeah. like there are unforeseen you know things that can. I do not. Okay. No inside info. I'm just going past. Uh, Past, uh, I wouldn't see that. I wouldn't see that from okay. Josh. Good guy. We got the, we got the interview up. On Sorry, YouTube. Josh. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to bring you up. Don't start. I'll say Bosa. Bosa rips a bomb. Yeah, Bosa definitely. Bosa needs a few more red flags. Um, so that's that's some of the draft news going around. A slightly different segment for us. I kind of like it. Let me know if you guys like it because it just gives us a way to discuss these players, um, but also some context around the NFL and what uh, and what people are hearing. Let's get into your mock draft, Mike. Let's go. Um, we started to let you do a few more mocks this year. I think I think you're okay. I do the what I think will happen. You do the what you would do. Yeah. Because if I we do both did what we would do, they would just be too similar. And people wanted what we think will happen because... Oh, I agree. I like, I like the mix. Um, so I don't mind you doing what you Because if you think. have Rashawn Gary going, you know, 32nd, your fans are just going to be like, well, that's not going to happen. I make a point. I make a point that I will not take Rashawn Gary in the top half of the first round and maybe not in the first round at all. That's my point. Good. I'm Stand on that. Die on that hill, hole. Steve. I'm and going he's to go top ten. And that's fine. This that entire draft is going to be meaningless. Like no, all just the like, mocks, though. Well, just like I kept putting Baker Mayfield at number one, and nobody else did, and then eventually, there he is, Baker Mayfield, number one. That's all right. right. So your mock draft. Let me tell you what I liked about it initially. Yeah. You you did some, you made some trades. Yes. Um, I like that you. I like the way you maneuvered some of the potential trades. Thank I don't you. like that. I have no idea what the draft capital is. I knew somebody was going to ask you about that. What did <laughs> I get? What did the Jets get to move down from 3 to 10? Picks. I should have just, just said a bunch picks. of picks. If you want me to actually think about the trade value, you're asking me too much. Well, do you, That's do a little you too... know if the Jets even have the draft capital to move? Yeah, I mean, you have, another, they, you have another first-round pick. If you give them another first-round pick, I'm sure they're going to be... So like you're just going to throw year. in a future first rounder. Yes, in, in I mean that's what right. the Chiefs ended up doing. So, so here's the thing. Let Texans. me let me just read your top two: Joey Bosa. I'm sorry, I did it. I did Joey. Nice. Nick Bosa, Arizona Cardinals, and then Quinn and Williams, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers fans always hate this. They don't want another interior player. Who cares? Quinn is special. And then at number three, the Denver Broncos trade up from ten to three to get. Dwayne Haskins, the Jets moved down. I just want to say, first of all, the Jets moving down from three, I think is perfect. And I think when you talk about how risky it is to move up in general to go get a quarterback, one way to mitigate that is in subsequent seasons, move down, move down. once yes. you have your quarterback. So this is one way to kind of catch up for those draft yeah. picks that they lost last year to the Colts. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense for them. And I think if you're doing a mock draft and you don't include trades, it's even more unrealistic than any other... Like. Why do you keep trashing my mock? There are going to be trades in a mock draft. I, you did your mock before the draft order was set. So at that point, it's like, eh, you have no clue already. But once the, mock, once the order is set, you should do trades because last year we saw seven trades. Over the past three seasons, one quarterback has been drafted that a team did not trade up for. That was Baker Mayfield. They already had the number one overall pick. Yeah, that Teams trade up to draft quarterbacks because you get your guy. And it takes draft capital to go get your guy. I think that 
in this draft, I you know represented that by the Broncos trading up to the Jets to get their guy, and the Jets definitely need picks after what they did, you know, after all they gave to Indianapolis to move up. But again, they moved up and they got their guy. Now you got Darnold build around him with a lot of people, not just one. Quinn and Williams, if Nick Bosa, if they're there at three, sure pick them, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to hate it if you do, but you got a lot of holes in that roster build a roster around your franchise QB. Yeah, so look, I, I love it for the Jets. You had the Bills trading down later on as well. Similar story. They got their <laughs> quarterback last year. Whether they were right or wrong, different story. But, you know, accumulate picks, build around him. Uh, but the Broncos going with Haskins. Why Haskins for the Broncos? Then you had number six, Giants drew, uh, Giants got Drew Locke. Why those couple picks? From your Again, because they predictive said they wanted Drew Locke. So again... That's not going to be who they draft, in my opinion. I, I think they would go with Haskins in terms of he fits the mold, pocket passer. I think he is, in terms of arm, talent, accuracy, as good as it gets in this class. At that point, I, I think the Broncos would, again, see that, covet that to be their quarterback. Yeah. Elway gets his pick. So when we have, last week we talked about, or one of the weeks we talked about guys whose production did not meet the hype, and you put all those guys in the top ten. That yes. was Drew Locke, DK Metcalf, 7 to the Jaguars, and Rashawn Gary, 8 to the Detroit Lions. Yes. Uh, guys who don't meet the hype. I'll say this about Metcalf and the Jaguars. He reminds me a little bit of Martavis Bryant when Martavis is healthy, and he is this big-bodied, just deep threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to get open deep and drop a pass, but he's going to make some spectacular catches. He's going to stretch the field, and as a, as part of a... Uh, other, you know, well-rounded pass game can be just an incredible weapon, but I also don't think DK Metcalf is that like high-volume, hundred fifty target receiver yeah. either. Mm-hmm. But I think he could be special if you know he's got the right pieces around him. But this is I, this is why I put this there. Metcalf, Gary, also probably even Cleveland Farrell at number five is That's because true. in the top ten, whether right or wrong, teams swing for the fences. They want high level athletic traits they want elite athletes they're not going to take a you know a met athlete who's incredibly productive say uh jonah williams or you know someone like that who or deandre baker who might not look exceptional athletically but all they've done is play football at an extremely high level no give me the guy the teams for the most part go with the guy who's exceptional athletically but maybe hasn't played football at the highest level yet man give me the good football players over time I, I mean, some work out, some don't, and so. But that's why I think the NFL will or the draft would go this way in terms of Jaguars. You need a number one receiver. Go with the guy who has the most number one receiver traits. DK Metcalf looks the part the most. You need Lions. You need an edge rusher. Go for the guy who looks most the part. And Rashawn Gary. That's why I went with those. Uh, the other trade that you made i mentioned buffalo trading down the washington redskins were the team that traded up to number nine to get kyler murray Mm -hmm. another one that you know the redskins are in this spot where if they need to if they're going to get a quarterback they're going to have to make a move alex smith might miss the entire season next year spot aka probably the worst spot in the nfl to be in they have the least uh, they're just they're screwed Uh, no team is more screwed than the washington redskins at the current moment unfortunately and that's why because of Alex where they Smith. are in the draft or because they have Alex Smith? Well, because they're drafting 15th. No real position to draft a QB. Yep. Alex Smith is not playing in 2019. Probably never going to play again at a high level after that injury. It's just a, it's a career-ending sort of injury. 
yet they're stuck with him under contract for at least two years. And I think even if the third year when they do cut him, they're going to take a big cap hit from it. And at that point, you're just you're in cap hell because of how much you're paying him. You really just really put them behind the eight ball. And so my money, like what I would do at this point is you blow it up, you start it over again, and part of go that would be Kyler. go get another QB to replace him who will be cheap, who you can develop over time, and then start rebuilding that roster in terms of draft picks next season. That's a whole different philosophical discussion too, right? We always talk about bridge quarterbacks. Uh, Case Keenum was the classic bridge quarterback for the Broncos, right? Two-year deal. They didn't break the bank form with regard to other NFL quarterbacks. He went into the season as a as probably the 25th best quarterback. I think that's where he finished in PFF grades. I don't believe in bridge quarterbacks. So this is what yeah. I'm saying. Are they dangerous? Because he got you a few wins because he's not terrible. Mm-hmm. But you're probably not going to make to the playoffs. And all of a sudden, the Broncos are picking at 10. Alex Smith... He wasn't treated as a bridge quarterback, but when you stack him up against other NFL quarterbacks, he's a mid-tier guy. He's got you going Your roster was, dead yeah. smack at 15. Are you better off just being like, you know what? I'm going to have Mark Sanchez start. for the- Do you go full NBA? Just, you know, tank it. So that's the thing. It's, it's I'm not tough saying to do in the, the NFL it, because but. no one has bought into that yet. Yeah. But every single thing, every single, you know, every single logically thought-out analysis says it behooves you to suck. It behooves you to be awful when you're going to be bad. It does not behoove you to go 8-8. Eight 8-8 and, eight. Eight yeah. and eight is bad in the NFL. Point, think back to that, you know, what was it, the Bears before they drafted Trubisky when they had to trade up with the 49ers. The reason they were third and had to trade up for that was because they won a meaningless game in, like, week 14 over the 49ers that right, year. Right. When it's like you lose that game, all of a sudden you have five more picks and you, you know, are a much better team. No one's going to remember that. If you could truly think with that level of foresight, the problem I think with the NFL is every GM thinks that you know they're fighting for their job. Coaches are and fighting they, for their yes. jobs, and that is that is the worst part about it is that it's more the owners who don't have the foresight than they're putting the pressure on the GMs to every year is you know one yeah. bad year and all of a sudden you could be kicked to the curb. Whereas it should be you know you should if you're a mid tier team if you're the Redskins right now you want to go. 0-16 in the next two years, to be honest. I mean, like you want the number one pick the next Trevor two years. Trevor Lawrence. Like you want the, for the number one overall pick the next two years and get Trevor Lawrence in 2021 because that will give you the best long-term success. Going 6-10 and 10 the next two years or 7-9 and nine is not going to do anything for you. Start Mark Sanchez, Washington. Go get Trevor Lawrence. Two years of Mark Sanchez in Washington. Yeah. I mean, right. that would be your best bet, obviously. The thing is, though, uh, you know, Gruden can't survive two years of, of no, you know of being that bad. That sort of thing, even though he's probably one of the better coaches in the NFL, it's, tough. it's just tough. Uh, you have Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, going to Miami at 13. Another guy that we think is more of a third-round uh, type of prospect, second, third-round type of prospect at best. Uh, there's a lot of hype for him going in the first round. I think it, I think it slowed down a little bit at the Senior Bowl, though. Yeah, Jones. I think it did. Uh, I because obviously he wasn't, he didn't look like a, <laughs> you know, he didn't look like a top ten sort of pick there at no. the Senior Bowl by any means. So I do think, though, that the Dolphins, another team where, I don't know how you can go into 2019 with no Tannehill and no plan at QB and then expect you know, as, you know, Mike Tannenbaum keep his job that sort of thing. Two years suck they for should, Trevor Lawrence. But then again, another team that should pass on QB, probably you know, start trading down, just start accumulating as many picks as you can because you have a talent bereft roster no quarterback you should start being bad for a couple years 
and then try to get a QB later on. Miami has the type of roster that is going to be in that Tua sweepstakes. If if Tua truly is a sweepstakes mm-hmm. next year, they're going to. I be, don't believe he is, but okay. they're going to be in that. I'm just yeah. saying, if people think that they, that he is, I don't know that he's. I don't know that it's a sweepstakes. I don't think he's got the. Got I don't think he's a. Yeah, just have a great arm. Doesn't have a great arm. Bama fans he's got too. some wideouts. Yeah, I just I Bama think. fans don't love when we say he doesn't have a great arm, but he does not. And we always talk about don't worry about arm strength. He's got very good accuracy, but he has arm strength that's like not limiting, but it's it it keeps him from yeah maybe that high high end. Um, two picks that I really like here, Mike Buffalo Bills Byron Murphy, the cornerback from Washington. Even Thank though you. they've even though they already cover really well in Buffalo, you can always cover better. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you? Is there such a thing as? The first person that says no, we we have enough cornerbacks. Thanks. You know they just they need a they need a block. Unless the guys are literally not going to play, see the field without injury. That'd be like a that'd be your fourth corner that's not going to play. Yeah. So unless the guys are literally not going to see the field without injury, you can draft cornerback. Byron Murphy. I like that you pair him with Tre'Davious White, and then the Browns getting DeAndre Baker, the corner from Georgia. Pair him with Denzel Ward. Stock up on corners, NFL. That is the key. Yes. And then young two young corners on rookie contracts. For three to four years, there would be. Who would you be complaining about that? Would you really be mad if you had two good corners on rookie contracts? No, no, I would not. You shouldn't be. Were there any other places in this mock that you, um, I don't know, a pick that you really liked, or one that you struggled with, a team that you just didn't have a great fit for, and you squeezed one in? These are always yeah, mocks are tough to construct sometimes. I really like Nasir Adderley to the Chargers. Oh yeah, fit wise. Yeah, get a free safety to pair with their own James again. Can't be too good at coverage. They've really struggled at free safety a season ago. We got the line of scrimmage prowler. Now you got the deep end guy. That would be fun to watch. Um, what else did I like? I liked Jerry Tillery to the Packers too, because even though they've got a million interior defensive linemen, they have two good interior defensive linemen. But the way Mike Pettin plays that defense, they rush one. They rush three a lot, and it's just the down three down. They don't use their outside linebackers. They are similar to. Uh, Steelers, they're true three, four outside linebackers. They drop into coverage a lot. So even adding a pass rusher there doesn't necessarily improve your pass rush as much because they are going to still going to have to drop into coverage a lot in that defense. So uh, I do think adding another interior guy could add as much value. We saw uh, the defense look better with Muhammad Wilkson on the field than after he got hurt. So I do think he's one of the pa- best pass rushers in this draft too, Jerry Tiller, in my mind. We're going to talk about that in a we'll little bit. We'll talk about Tiller in a minute. And uh, so l- let me wrap it up with this. You can't talk about a first-round mock without discussing what the Oakland Raiders yes. are going to do. They've got three picks, and it always Raiders fascinates me. Raiders fans would love this draft. I'll yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is your franchise-changing draft, potentially. Um, I also wouldn't hate if the Raiders, if they've got three picks, if they don't love a player, keep trading down. Like, it doesn't mean you're... Just get a brand-new roster. You have draft capital. Yeah. It's not just, oh, you've got your three picks, you have capital, and you just mm-hmm. keep accumulating more capital but in your mock number four they get josh allen the edge rusher from kentucky at number 24 they get christian wilkins the interior defensive lineman from clemson and at 27 the cornerback from penn state amani oruarie so they go all defense and the two d you know two two guys in the front seven one guy in the secondary i I, you know there's you can't really go wrong if you're the raiders with all this talent on the board yes i think this is the draft to go defense heavy, if you're going to go defense heavy, they have three picks. You could transform it with, if you hit on all three of these picks, if you get you know three quality stars in that defense, all of a sudden you go from arguably worst defense in the NFL to makings of something special in Oakland defensively. I, I haven't mentioned this to you before about Oruarie. Reminds me from a body type standpoint of Aqib Tlaib. Ooh. I, I don't know if... I think every- it is size similar. 
yeah. just like really long legs, about six one. Um, we saw Talib in the Super Bowl. If you have an Edelman with a two way go, it can be ugly. You know, that's never really been yeah. Talib's game. But if you put him in a press man situation, and you know he's he breaks on the ball extremely well, mm-hmm. Talib. He's really good in off coverage on just vertical routes and all that stuff. Overwari, and but you don't want them on the horizontal routes as much, right? Mm-hmm. The the two way goes. Yeah. Overwari has got a lot of those similarities. I think. I'm not saying he's uh, Talib's outstanding. Say, say he's keep Talib. He's exactly have a take. Keep Talib. Oh, nice. There it is. How about all that? Right. Yeah. No, he is very. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fence sitter with my takes. I know he was my guy last week. We did this. It was my guy. I know, but I was just bringing up the Talib comp. Let's get to some. So pretty good mock, Mike. Go check it out over ProFootballFocus.com. We also have the video. Um, on YouTube, we get into every single pick uh, with some serious detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my guys, every week, you know, we're studying the draft, and somebody sticks out to us that we want to go to bat for. Who's your guy this week? I'm not sure if I even did this one already. I may have. Now that I think did you already stick up for I Jerry did. Tillery? I'm going to say it again. Jerry Tillery. We need to. The second best pass rusher Matt, in this Matt, can you take some notes after. on what we've said, please? We need We need a list of our my guys every week. We need a list of our... List of our takes, okay? Overwarrior equals Talib. Can we just get some documentation, please, so we don't repeat ourselves a million times? If I'm going to repeat myself, though, I'll do it for Go a domer. Go Jerry Tillery, senior, Notre Dame, interior, most pass rushing moves of any defensive interior guy in this draft. How many moves? I don't know why he's not at least six. Nice. Um, <laughs> not more than 12, though. Between six and 12. Six to 12 right. pass rush moves. Yeah, six to 12 pass rush moves. He is 6'6", long arms, not incredibly athletic, but explosive enough. I don't see him as a bad athlete by any means. I think that sort of length, strength that he brings to the table and pass rushing moves like that, that will translate. I, I buy that translating more than a guy who's just athletic, learning how to rush the passer. It's a skill. Playing football. It's, not, it's, like, it's like you're shooting a three. Not everyone can do it. The general trend, Jerry Tillery can. The general trend with us at PFF is if we're going to lean on something, it's the playing football part. If yeah. you're good at the playing football part, we believe in that a little bit more to translate than mm-hmm. the ankle flexion and these other things that mm-hmm. are out there. Yeah, to project players. That's but again, all. but it's like it's you got to have so you got to have both. But being elite, if, I, if they were to be elite at one thing and average at the other, I would take elite production over elite average ankle flexion system. And instead of elite ankle flexion and average production. I know what you meant. I know yes. what you're saying here. Okay. But obviously, like, if you have elite production, bad athleticism or bad traits in terms of, like, arm size, you know, size for the position, that sort of thing, then, it, we, then we'll be a little this, lower. But isn't this a cause? It, it's, kind of, it's a cause and effect thing to me. If you, there are people out there that think Cam Newton, no matter what he does on the football field, is just a top 10 quarterback, mm-hmm. right? I believe I bet there was points in John. There were points in John Elway's career where he was not a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Like just didn't play like that in the NFL. But he had a cannon for an arm and great athleticism. He had the most tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was Aaron Rodgers before his time, right? Well, was he? He's way worse than Aaron Rodgers. But continue. No, I'm, it's from a skill set standpoint. Okay, right. But well, there are people who think Allen Cam Newton yeah. just wakes up and is a top ten quarterback because of his traits. Mm-hmm. But. There's been one to two seasons, I think, where he's played like a top 10 quarterback. So which one is more important, right? That's my issue when we talk about traits versus what actually happens on the field. People look at traits sometimes and just think, well, he's, this is what he is. Mm-hmm. But if it never translates to the field, it literally never matters. If it does translate to the field, 
then you're counting it twice. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're comparing Aaron Rodgers to Cam Newton and you just do a traits-based analysis and you're like, all right, cannons for an arm, great. Athleticism, great. Create out of structure, great. And it, they look similar mm-hmm. on the scouting report, but one is Aaron Rodgers and he is annually a top five quarterback. The other is Cam Newton and one out of eight years he's a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're not the same player, but there are, are, there the are scouting reports you can look at from a trait standpoint that look, yeah. they make, make them look similar. Yes. That's, that's the whole thing. Um, I think with the way we tend to do things in focusing on the production and uh, versus the athletic skill set. Uh, Juwan well Taylor is my guy, Mike. This, this looks yeah. like a bit of a homer, my guy week. You right. with Notre Dame, me with Florida. But Juwan Taylor, the right tackle for Florida. I really don't uh, overrate Florida prospects. I don't care a whole lot. I just happen to be watching. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was watching all of the offensive tackles, the top offensive tackles run blocking last week, that particular part of their game. Cody Ford from Oklahoma stood out. Jawan Taylor really stood out. His ability to move people off the ball. They ran a ton of power schemes where he got to down block, which um, executing the basics of that block is relatively easy in the scheme of um, yeah. playing tackle. But, but he executes it at a high level. He destroys people. He maintains blocks. He's got pretty good athleticism getting off his first level block to get to the second level. So a lot of his run blocking was, was excellent. I think he might be the best run blocker. I'm going to say he's best run blocker. In the draft. How's that? <laughs> okay. That's Juwan take. Taylor. Uh, I will say, offensive line Twitter would say, offensive line Twitter would say he has rotational strength. Elite rotational strength. He can rotate. That's a good thing? He can torque nice. defensive linemen with his upper body. He, he very much does. Long arms. I mean, there's a lot to like from him. Uh, I'm not as high on him as you, but I'm, he's a first-rounder for sure. Yeah, he's mind. a first-round pick. Um, he, he stood out as a true freshman. He was one of our best true freshman mm-hmm. tackles a few years ago. He's been pretty productive at Florida. Is he right tackle only? Oh, God, Mike. Are you going to make that? Don't bring this up. Because he did play right tackle at Florida. Would you switch him from right tackle to left tackle, Steve? You are the... Let's see. I don't care. You're the... Um, who needs a tackle here? You're the Cincinnati Bengals. I guess they would keep him at right tackle. You're They'd the... Right tackle. Gosh. Who needs both tackles? Arizona Cardinals. They trade back. You draft Juwan Taylor. I'm just saying. If you have a need at left tackle, you can try him there. Yeah. But you would. I mean, look, if, I, if I'm running a team mm-hmm. and I draft a guy who played right tackle in college, I would prefer to keep him at right tackle in the NFL. Okay. Right? Because there's probably some level of comfort there. Yeah. I would not immediately say there's no way that he can move to left tackle. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we see this happen all the time. We see left tackles move to the right. Right tackles move to the left. I would not take Donald Penn. Though there, if if you have an eight to ten year NFL veteran who played on one side the whole time, yeah. I would not flip them. not move them. Yeah, right. Especially if they're successful mm-hmm. there, that's one move I would not make just that's to me. accommodate Colton Miller. Yes, my rookie Colton Miller, I believe, did play right tackle a couple of years ago. Um, but yes, the people that say you can't move from left to right, like Mike McGlinchey was a right tackle for two years and a left tackle for two years at Notre Dame. He was mm-hmm. good at both. You know, and he, he went back to right, yeah. and then he went back to right this past year. I mean, guys switch all the time and have success um there's probably a handful of guys who just can't do it from a footwork standpoint or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you probably want to avoid that um but guys move from the left left to right tackle all the time and you certainly don't move them because you think that their skill set plays better on one side than the other because they're all the same they're yes. both the same. The same skill set is required to play left tackle as it is to play right tackle in today's NFL. All right, good. I just want to hear your rant. That's all. That's good stuff. Good? Yep. Thanks for setting me up like that, Mike. That'll do it. We always have efficient podcasts-ish today. I think we did. Pretty efficient. What do you think? 
Good stuff. I mean, it's good. All right. Just wrap it up. You yeah. just want to get out. Obviously. Thanks, guys. That's our pod for today. Uh, I think you and I will be back probably next Thursday. If I'm, I'm gonna be, I might be out next week. I'm Kelly wants town. me out all next week. Yeah. I'm out of town also. Oh, you're out of town. Yeah, we got to figure it out. Yeah. We'll be back at some point. We'll figure out the podcast going forward. Sam will be back at least on Monday talking some sort of NFL stuff. It might be Sam monologue style. <laughs> Maybe you'll steal George and Eric for the podcast. But we'll be back podcasting next week. Be sure to check out all of our draft coverage over at ProFootballFocus.com. Uh, the AAF starts this weekend, Mike. Yes. We're covering Take that. Take aim. Orlando Take Apollos. It. Oh, I'm the I'm, Hot Shots are my team. Go yeah. Shots. Arizona Hot Shots. That's my team. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe's number one fantasy QB is on the hot shots. That's my guy. Trevor Knight. Nice. Spoiler alert. We are covering the AAF, so check it out if you guys have PFF Elite. Everybody have a great week and weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray. In his NFL debut, that's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.